Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? Oh, wonderful. On this episode 205 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world, coming at you from Arlington, Texas, and Fort Worth, Texas. Let's guided, go. man. We got some special guests today. Who we got? Ah, we got the famous Sarah Glidewell. Everybody knows Sarah. Re, uh, repeat guest on our show, killing it. And we got Seif. Kafagi, Kafagi, is that how you say it? Okay, cool, man. You had a you had a brutal name. I bet. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure high school wasn't easy. I'm just. <laughs> we had some pre-talk going on in the show. Anyways, um, who's Sarah? Y'all know who Sarah is. Sarah came on the podcast in 2020, ready to launch Carwell Designs, the, and an STR-specific interior design business. Steve started the tech bubble. <laughs> no, he didn't start the tech bubble. He started in the tech bubble and was running a company called TechVestor and targeted techies to invest with him in SCRs. Since te- then, TechVestor and Carwell Design have merged and grown into something much larger, now called Superhost Labs, where you can invest with their team on top tier STR properties all over the nation, giving you true passive income from short-term rentals curated by some of our favorite industry experts. Their goal is to lower the barrier of entry for people looking to plug into SCRs but don't have the time, energy, and resources to do it on their own. Welcome, Sarah and Steve, to the show. Thank you. Yes. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. So that how how has how has how's it been going? How's everything going? I went and talked to you, Sarah. Well, I talked to you a little bit, a little bit. So how have you? First of all, how, Sarah, how have you brought your amazing uh, interior design skills into the this kind of merging with this whole tech thing? How did how did that or how is it still working out? How does it how did it how did it happen? Yeah, well, originally, as Steve likes to say, he slid into our DMs. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Um, <laughs> sure that no, never happens been... to you, Sarah. <laughs> never. <laughs> it was a once in a lifetime thing, I guess. <laughs> Um, no, it's been going really well. I mean, I think that uh, I tell everyone this Carwell design was always a means to an end, mostly because, you know, if you're in the short term rental space, you fall in love with um, some level of passive income and, and something that builds on itself. And um, interior design is not one of those things <laughs> It is 100 percent working income all the time. Um, and so Emily and I kind of started with that, hoping that it would put us in cahoots with 
a million other investors and help us kind of refine our own game and hopefully connect us with people who are going to take us farther than we could go ourselves. And so um, it was kind of, we like to say behind the scenes that it was divine intervention in a way. <laughs> Seif and uh, Sabrina, his business partner, found us. And ever since then, it's been a uh, rainbows and butterflies <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure right it's a nice oh. way of putting it <laughs> <laughs> all right so catch me up what is super host labs that's on your hat so oh first of all shout out to sarah and emily for getting these done right so i got i gotta swag it out and represent but super host labs is a culmination of i think we're at what 15 super hosts now sarah like give or take mm -hmm. so our entire team is 15 uh, Airbnb super hosts who have come together to build um, a couple of things in the space. Uh, predominantly, we're trying to break down the barriers to getting into short-term rentals, right? And we're doing that through a, a variety of ways. Um, first and foremost, you can invest and co-invest with us um, in our own portfolio. Uh, you know, with as little as 25 grand, you can get in and not have to do all the work, right? That typically comes with finding, designing, setting up, permitting, furnishing, sourcing, dealing with, managing everything as a short-term rental. So you can invest directly into the portfolios that we run and operate. Um, and then, you know, we can also help you get your into your own STR. So we call it an Airbnb in a box, right? Which is, it's a, it's a managed service that we find, design, furnish, set up, run and operate everything with you. One year of property management included, right? Everything totally there. Um, and you know, we everything there is powered by our own software. So yes, like that tech background that we we joked a little bit about earlier. So Sabrina and I built our own software that allows us to find, underwrite, and discover short-term rentals at super speed and super scale. So we know what to buy, when to buy it. Everything as it hits the market every ten seconds or so is automatically underwritten. And there's this beautiful section on our software that's proprietary to us. It's called Feed, and I can go there and I can see everything that's hitting a double-digit cash on cash and window shop. Right. So um, now it's really a, mm. what do I like to buy and where do we want to buy? And of course, you got to do the human element. Right. Is it legal? Does it look like shit? Does it need a complete gut? You know, you got to you, you got to do the human elements there. Um, but, you know, in addition to all that, you know, we offer uh, uh, we're launching our Super House Labs property management uh, arm of the business here in the next uh, 30, 60 days. So we're finalizing that um, and we're building all the services, the entire infrastructure and community, as well as the education. Um, for short-term rentals here in the next 30, 60 days. Um, so someone can come learn about STRs, invest in STRs, join other peers in STRs, or just get exposure to the asset class of STRs. Man, that was a hand. That was a lot right there, man. That's a lot. <laughs> you just, it is a lot. <laughs> I know. You said to make sure the areas don't look like shit, you are LLT worthy. So I, right. my next question is, what areas do you target? So right you now, have all this data. I, I need to know that areas you target. Oh. We can't give out every single market we love, right? Is, how, how does that work? I can tell you where we've invested, right? So as part of our portfolio where we have, I think today, 180 investors who invest with us. Um, so we're in places like Joshua Tree, which is you know obvious to a lot of people. We're in places like Scottsdale. Um, we're in places like the Poconos, the Cats in Catskills. Um, we're in markets in Florida. Um, we're in Blue Ridge, we're in Branson. Um, we're actively, you know, on the hunt in places in Texas, specifically like San Antonio. Um, and we are looking in other markets specifically around like, you know, outside of Asheville City Limits in North Carolina. Um, Phoenix is a hot metro area that we're looking into. Um, Naples, Florida, for some reason, anyone out there listening has been an emerging market, according to our data. 
Um, and so I'll, I'll give that away for free. Um, and so that, that, that's been a hot market as well. Although permitting there is a, is a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a hunt and a little bit of a struggle. So, um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that's kind of just where we've been. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting one or, or another. Oh, upstate New York as well, in addition to that. So um, yeah, I think we're at almost 30 properties across our portfolio and we've done all that in the last six months. So hmm. I noticed one thing about every market you named, they're resort towns. They are. We haven't, we haven't entered, uh, well, Scottsdale, right? Scottsdale isn't necessarily a resort town, um, but most of them are more vacation destinations for sure. Um, and so part of our portfolio is going to be adding into some more urban markets uh, as that kind of grows. And that's like San Antonio, for example, being one of those, right, that we're looking to break into. Um, you know, there hasn't been a property that we've loved yet. Uh, Tampa being another one that we've got probably made 14 offers on, been under contract twice and fell out. Um, just Ooh, Tampa. Yeah, inspection, you know, inspections and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we have a little bit of diversification um, and something that we're actively looking into even is building our own SDRs. Uh, so we have we have favorable advantages on, you know, cost per square foot to build in markets like Blue Ridge, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you know, we can, we can probably build there for 175 to 200 foot. And, you know, those things are getting sold all day at 350 a foot, right? So, you know, it's just about... But, but that's also like a year project. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen tomorrow. So something that, that jumps out to me um, when, you, when you were describing what all you, your company does, right? And is in the process of doing, even to, to the last point you made about building properties. It's like, okay, all of these five, six different things are, there, are out there as their own business, right? As their own entity that's that's growing and, and taking over chunks of the market for example uh finding finding a great airbnb property that's air dna right that's a huge uh, billion multi-billion dollar corporation uh design i mean design is uh sarah you know she's a huge billion dollar corporation too and <laughs> thanks steve <laughs> management uh, yeah you're welcome and, and management that's a whole other animal that's a uh, vacasas and stuff like that there's a uh, turnkey properties there's turnkey rentals uh uh, you, you, you know, bringing people together, that's uh, syndications, and you talk about building property. Like, why, why, I mean, as a startup, it, it is really, uh, I guess it's interesting that you're taking this angle, you want to do everything, you know, instead of just sticking to one thing, like finding great Airbnb properties or something like that, and maybe getting people into them. Uh, why, why you, do you want to start off instead of like, a, for example, Amazon started off selling books, and they eventually grew to everything. Now they do everything. But why do you want to start off doing everything right away? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so surprisingly, we actually did start off by doing one thing. And our community just spoke up in terms of what they what they were looking for. So when we first started, we were just uh, you know syndicating capital and buying uh, real estate and offering them the short-term rentals. That was all what we were doing. In fact, uh, when we slid into those infamous DMs, um, we were struggling on scaling uh, design, right? We had so many so much vertical bandwidth, but we didn't have enough people on board, right? In order to actually go do these projects. And that's, you know, initially how uh, Carwell, you know, design and, and Superhouse Labs and TechFester kind of came to be. Um, and then from there, um, our community was like, hey, we want our own properties, right? Airbnb and a box was built. And it's funny that you actually bring up AirDNA. So, you know, AirDNA and Scott, who founded AirDNA, sits on our board, right? And, you know, we have access to, you know, the level of data and, you know, as I'm sure anyone else does who has access to their software. And really what AirDNA does is it helps you surface properties once you've identified a property that you want to run and operate, 
right? Our software is incredibly opposite of that. Our software actually takes that data and makes sense of it and tells you what properties to buy and un automatically underwrites that without actually knowing the address, right, necessarily. So um, it's more about discovery for us. AirDNA is more uh, of a data tool, right? And so we don't see AirDNA as a competitor. We see them actually as a partner in which they are. Um, and, you know, from that, we actually interviewed the Vacasas of the world. Uh, we had a nice big contract with them right across the country. And, uh, you know, without saying too much, it didn't work out, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. In terms of our expectations and what we would be looking for in property management. So we built our own, right? Um, and so, yes, we are doing everything because we believe that there is no clear leader in the STR space. And we believe we can be that leader, right? From education down to investing, down to management. Um, and if we can do, and we're our own first customer, right? We run our own portfolio using our own services. We dog food it as we call it, right? And so um, we believe by optimizing that and owning the whole vertical stack, we can be the best in the space. Nice, nice. I like that. You touched on syndications. Uh, first off, explain what a syndication is to the listeners out there, because I'm about to go deep into that. What, what, what were you guys buying? Were you guys buying multifamilies? Were you guys buying houses? What were you guys buying during the syndication phase? Yeah, so a syndication is when uh, you have a sponsor, someone like ourselves, right? Um, we're known as the general partner and you allow limited partners or individual investors to, inv to co-invest with you. Uh, those LPs, as they're, as they're called, are silent investors and they passively invest typically uh, with the general partner, aka us in this example, um, and they trust in this sponsor to essentially go out and execute some strategy. And for us, it was short-term rentals. Um, it's passive, you know, there's different structures all across the board, um, great tax benefits this way. And you get all the same benefits as if you were to do it your own, except you can do it on a much larger scale, right? So syndications have been growing quite a bit since 2016 because of the Jobs Act. Um, but for us, we were, you know, even till this day, we buy single family homes, um, all across the country. And so we have like massive operational infrastructures, right? So uh, we have economies of scale. Like we have now three designers on our team, right? We have a team of six for ops, right? Like we were able to fly in, fly out, get property stood up, ran and operated. Our technology allows us to stand up and automate a lot of property management, right? We spent a long time building our own PM, right? And white labeling, you know, resources in the meantime, so we can actually scale effectively. So you, you're syndicating single family homes. So now that, that, that brings me to the next question, because if you're syndicating single family homes, you must be grossing a shit ton of money on these single family homes. <laughs> so my question is, what are you grossing? What were you grossing? Like if you put together a syndication for a single family home, what are you grossing a year on one of those? Well, so uh, to be clear, we're not syndicating a single home, right? So our portfolio, Ooh, okay. right? So when, when investors invest with us, they're not investing into a single asset, gotcha. right? They're investing in the entire portfolio of 30 homes, seven markets, you know, they get, so it's a balance of seasonality, a balance of diversification across the board. Um, I can tell you right now, we're, we're early, we're early, um, but our average on a half million dollar home or so, which is about the average right now, what we're buying, uh, we're projecting somewhere in about $112,000 in revenue. So we'll, we'll net a pretty penny um, when it comes to cash flow on a 12 year, on a sorry, 12 month uh, spread. And our syndication is projected to be about five years. It's about to be a five year hold. Okay. And at the end of your syndication, do you guys refinance or sell? 
So, you know, I think the answer will be obvious when you get there. I think the idea is that we're, you know, we have a lot of interest from institutional buyers. Um, so we actually turn down term sheets upwards of $25 million to buy our portfolios, mm. right? Or to be able to have access to them. We, we believe it's too early. You know, if we sold it today, like what are we going to go build, right? We're going to do the same thing, right? Um, and so realistically, it's going to be a sale unless it makes sense for us to refi. And, and that's going to be a decision we'll make then. Nice, nice. So hold on now. Now people, because this is blowing my mind because you're really ahead of the game because most people talk about selling their short-term rental business and I don't think they can do it. They they say they can with the arbitrage thing, but I'm like, who the fuck's buying a lease? And people have said to me they are, but they've never given me the data that they actually are. So you actually have owned the asset, controlled the asset, and you guys have been approached to sell these assets. Yeah, we, we have a term sheet. It's like when we go through our investor presentation of the prospective investor, it's actually in that deck. There's a slightly blocked out so we don't share exactly who the buyer was. But, you know, we had a $25 million term sheet in, I think, October or November of last year uh, that we turned down. Um, and that was to, uh, to buy the portfolio at around a six or a seven cap. Right. So we're, we're building these portfolios and we're actually able to sell them based on revenue, just like multifamily. We, we, we believe we're early. We're very early, but we believe this is where that space is going. And so we, we, we tested out this. We tested it out. Right. Tested the waters. We approached some large buyers and private equity. Let me tell you, private equity is not talking about it, but they're talking about it behind closed doors. Right. They want the yield. They want the stabilized yield. They, and no one has the infrastructure or the team to do it. That's why we build mm. Superhouse Labs. Right. You know, I think Sarah can speak to it, but like one thing I preach day in and day out, and we just got back from an incredible team offsite where it was like a first time for all of us really coming together in person. Our team is unmatched. Forget our technology, forget everything we got. There is so much knowledge on our team to actually go effectively operate that no one else can match that. Okay. Speaking of your team, let's let's go to Sarah for a minute. She just <laughs> how how did how do you how did you fit into this, Sarah? I mean, I know you had how does a rogue designer all of a sudden uh, work for this uh, techie company? What how does that oh, the best rogue designers there? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, originally, that's why they approached us, right, was was for design. And I mean, a certain portion of, of Emily and I's journey has been like, okay, do we love design? Like, this is something that we're good at, but do we truly enjoy it? Is it, is it really where we want to fit in? Um, and so as we kind of started developing where certain people in our team were going to land, um, Emily and I really kind of fell in love with the education side of things, especially um, specifically through social media. I mean, we just kind of started thriving there as well. Um, and so when we started connecting with Steve and Sabrina, we kind of made it clear right off the gate that we were like, look, I don't think that we want to be design as our main thing in this whole larger picture. We kind of would like to design our own properties or maybe um, like we like to say the Starbucks reserves of the Superhost Labs um, portfolio and really start plugging in on maybe the more luxury properties or the, the exciting properties and leave the rest of it to maybe some other designers and really start expanding our reach on social media and really connecting with people, seeing if we can build out that education side of things, um, build trust, really be the the face of it so that people when they're looking at us they know they can trust us they know that we're coming from an honest place that we truly want to lower the barrier of entry um and and kind of see if we can absorb that corner of superhost labs so emily and i have gone through this huge shift in the last uh, few months where you know they had reached out to us specifically about design and we kind of 
shifted that direction a little bit. Um, so we're still working very closely with the design side of things and, and making sure that the designers on our team understand, you know, everything that we've learned over the last few years. But um, as we're going forward, we're really trying to focus on the education side of things and, and connecting with, you know, the people who want to be connected with us. Good answer. Yeah. So add education to the mix of all the things y'all are doing. That's yeah. crazy. We believe investments start with education, right? And so like if people understand what they're investing, and this is a, such a brand new asset class to so many that first of all, a lot of people think they can do it themselves, right? I think, I think the inherent mentality because there hasn't been an offering like ours out there, it's like, great, go DIY. And you can, right? But DIY also isn't for everybody. Right. And sometimes you got to, you know, as my mom used to say growing up, sometimes you got to get burned by the fire to understand not to touch the fire. Right. Mm -hmm. And so though we do want to educate people that DIY is possible, but also sometimes, you know, letting people who are more operationally efficient, you know, handle the ropes sometimes isn't the, isn't the worst thing either. Yeah. I mean, I have so many friends and family who are looking at what short-term rentals have done for me and my husband and and they're like oh my gosh I want to be a part of it but do they have the time or the resources or the energy to go put together a property like you know it's one thing to do arbitrage properties where they only take about a week maybe a week and a half to put together it's a whole nother monster when you're buying a property rehabbing it renovating it I mean it's just that leap is not a small leap and so to think that you know it is possible for everyone to DIY it it's just not <laughs> so we were like how do we bridge that gap nice i like that building bridges so Wait, um, uh see you had some you said you were about to go into something you said your your software because is that internal to you or is it public it's internal only today and you know we we uh, we joke around all the time whether we should open this up to the public but we're like you know we kind of like keeping it to ourselves for the time being um, you know, predominantly, like we use it for our Airbnb in a box. So like our Airbnb in a box clients who come to us and say, Hey, we, I want my own STR, um, or, you know, whether, and whether we actually set it up for them, or it's like a, it's a wholesale transaction, right. We wholesaling STRs as well, because we have the deal flow. There's a lot of deals we don't do, right. Like contrary to pub to, to popular opinion, we don't have an unlimited amount of money, right. There are deals that we pass on. There are deals that are better for an individual investor that don't fit like within our return profile that we target, but are great for an individual investor. So what we're, what we're learning is that our Airbnb in a box clients are perfect for that. And therefore they get onboarded onto our software, right? And they get to see these deals and they can simply get there, click yes, no, maybe so. Um, I mean, I can demo it for you if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> that up. I, I think, I think Mike is interested. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what. I, it's I what know what the money is. I listen. <laughs> I listen. Yeah. Our very right. first call, Steve pulled this up and I was like, say less. <laughs> um, Micah, you're going to have to give me screen sharing privileges here. It's been a mission to get here. You know, we, we still remember our days with uh, the Linux terminal and Python and Google Sheets. And, you know, it's, it's been, uh, oh, it's been a nice, Sheets. fun journey. Uh... Can you get it to my screen? Well, yeah. Go. By the way, if you're uh, if you're watching, if you're listening to this, uh, yeah, we're just doing a quick screen share. Yeah. Cool. So this is our software internally. Um, so as you can see, uh, let me just refresh here. 
So we can underwrite any markets that we want. So let's actually start there. We go to locations and it's really as simple as entering like Fort Worth as an example. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're in one of my markets. You got to start with <laughs> a bunch of my markets actually. Well, so we, we can simply just add it in here and we can track like today we're tracking, as you can see, over 200 markets. Um, and we simply enter them here and then our software kind of gets, gets to work. We're also, we also track analytics, right? The hottest markets in the last 30 days. Some Wait of these are outliers, some of these are not. Yeah, go ahead. What does tier one mean? Oh, so tier one are markets that we are like very, very bullish on. And tier two is markets that we have some qualitative data on, right? But we don't know why yet. And tier three is like no fucking idea, but like, let's test it out um, and, and see what comes out. Um, and then we're running analytics, right? So as you can see, like how many properties we underwrite on a given day, and this is kind of what gives us scale, right? Is like, you know, on, I mean, let's take a look at a random day here. On April 15th, we underwrote 1100 properties right it, within across our markets right and how many of them the red line is going to be the numbers that would have we would have actually maybe considered that would have hit at least a 10 cash on cash or better right um and so that's kind of our threshold for how we look at it and what's really awesome is we actually collect if you want to get nerdy here with me a second we collect all me, let's go. Of, yeah we collect a lot of unstructured data right that from these properties in terms of bed counts and you know what to buy and, qu and uh, qualitative data. If, like, for example, if something says view or beach, does that correlate to a higher cash on cash or not? Right. So for example, if I go to Sevierville, Tennessee, um, oh, it looks like, oh, that's not that. Go to locations and here's, let's just pull up Naples, right? So in Naples, I can tell you that you don't want to buy anything unless it's a one bed. Right. I know mm. what to buy in Naples too, right? Because based on cash on cash, everything else that's not a one bedroom, to, unless you're getting anything that's yeah, an outlier, like a seven bedroom above, is not worth buying. So our data tells us where to buy, what to buy, and then actually where to go deploy that capital. It also tells you the market has majority of two and three bedrooms, right? So it's really hard to even find a one bedroom, right? And so we have all this data and we can underwrite each market completely differently, right? So like obviously the property tax rate in Florida is very different than the property tax rate in Texas, right? So we can underwrite here so we're as accurate as possible. Um, and then you come through here to rentals. So rentals is going to be all our properties across our entire platform. Um, and then you can click, simply, you know, click into any one of these. This one's in Fort Lauderdale, right? You know, you see the cash on cash, you see the IRR based on a five-year hold, you see the upfront cost, you see the ADR and the occupancy and everything along those lines, the amount of expenses it's going to take to run this property. You can even see like, you know, is it going in our fund? Is it through an Airbnb in a box? We can underwrite it in completely different ways, depending on where that property is going automatically, right? And then you scroll down and, you know, these amenities are tracked through that logs that I showed you, right? In terms of the unstructured data. Um, and then these are all just obviously notes. Um, and here I can assign them to like general. So like, for example, if we have 300 people looking for an Airbnb in a box, I just click general, save, and everyone who's on that list is going to get an automatic email and text that says, hey, I want this property. And of course, on their end, let me show you what it looks like on the investor side uh, for our Airbnb in a box. They have a feed just like this that we assign properties to you if you're looking for an Airbnb, a done for you Airbnb. And let's say you like this property, you go ahead and click on it. You see all that quick info. This is typically already under contract by our team, right? So you're not hunting, you're not trying to deal with other investors, right? This is, it's an under contract property. You have all the numbers here. You have a nice little video from someone on our team, right? To actually walk you through the property so you can make a correct investment decision. And if you want it, you can simply click, you know, email your advisor, whether that's me or Maddie or anyone else on our team, you can phone them. Uh, and my favorite part, you can come up here, click claim and just say, 
you know, give it to me, right? And bam, claim, and you're good to go. And, and that property is yours if you're looking for a done for you Airbnb in a box. Um, my favorite feature is if you go on our side, on our internal side under feed. So of all of our properties, this is where all of our 10% cash on cash or better properties come up, right? So that's kind of like our minimum threshold for underwriting. And then this is where we kind of do a lot of our quote unquote shopping and acquisition. This is also how we keep costs down in our syndication, right? Typically you have brokers and a lot of human labor um, and people ask us, how are you able to scale so fast, right? What, we've, what we solved for is acquisition, right? We solve for the ability to go spend $5 million a month on short-term rentals if we wanted to. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of, of, of this. So, so you, I'll go ahead, Steve. Ask one question. Um, so in other words, you have these houses under contract, right? And someone comes in and they claim it, give it to me. They hit the, you know, give it to me box. Is yep. that, do you, do you like, are you wholesaling it to them in a way? Yeah, I mean, you, you're taking exactly. a, so you're yes. taking a chunk of the uh, profits. Well, so just... we do, we do it in two ways. Uh, so typically our clients and our investors are, are on one side of the fence, right? Either they want to, they want the property and they're going to do all the work themselves. Right. But they, they want to be able to find and get that right property under contract. So we, we do charge a small wholesale field there. Right. The other one, which is actually a more popular option is our all-inclusive option. And this is where someone says, great, thanks for finding me a property, find it, set it up, design it, renovate it, run and operate it for the next year. Cause I just, I don't want to do anything with it. I, but I want exposure to this space. I want to be able to use it. I want those tax benefits, all those things. And they pay us obviously a higher fee for that, but we handle everything end to end. That includes a one year property management. That's actually our most popular option. So if someone, let's say you have these houses, all these houses under contract and, yeah. and nobody claims them, mm -hmm. you just buy them and do it yourself. So yes, so far it actually hasn't happened. So uh, anytime we launch a property, 60% of the time, someone picks it up almost instantly. And 100% of the time, someone's picked it up within 48 hours. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, it's a quite a hot market out there, right? And, and, the, and the reason is because it's under contract already. You're not fighting and duking someone else out. We don't have like an unlimited, you know, for, for you to work with us, you have to, you know, you have to make a deposit. It has to be a good fit. There's not like 400 people you're competing with. Right. Like hmm. we, we're not going for the quantity over quality side here on our Airbnb and a box side. Right. It's, hmm. We expect to work with a few hundred investors a year, help them get into a property. And then, you know, anyone else, you know, if it's not going to, we just don't have that bandwidth. There's not that many properties and the others are going to go into our fund. So what, what do they pay out to get, you know, access to this where they can look at these properties and say they yeah, want to buy so one? So our typical wholesale charge, right. Or where like, if it's just acquisition only, they're going to pay us anywhere between like 15 and 30,000 right? To get that property, which the numbers still pencil out incredibly well. Um, and they get to save on our property management, which we typically charge in the 20 and above, right? For them, if they want us to manage it for them, they'll, they'll get it at 15. If they want it completely done for you, it's going to come out to about a hundred G's, but that includes the furnishings, property management, and everything else included. And yes, when we underwrite it, the numbers make sense, right? For the investor, uh, they're typically hitting a much better return than if they were to do it themselves. But most importantly, and Sarah preaches this all the time, you get to avoid all the mistakes, hmm. right? You will have mistakes, right? Hmm. Um, and so, and we already have the operational infrastructure to go do this. We know how to design it well. We already have our vendors. You save money actually by working with us because we have costs that you're not able to get yourself, hmm. right? Um, and, you know, by us managing it, we're, you know, at least we'd like to believe we're a top tier operator when it comes to others. Question. Can you, cause it looks like, man, you have your shit down. I love this, man. I'm like over here like, yo, how do I invest in this? So <laughs> can you, how do you now, can you calculate the value of an, of an, an amenity in a market? We can. 
So I can tell you like a, a hot tub in Joshua Tree, you're going to generate about somewhere between 12 and 15% in additional uh, gross revenue versus a property that doesn't. I can also tell you that a hot tub, for example, in uh, the Catskills actually doesn't add any value, right? Um, all the, you know, and that's actually why when you go and, and you see certain properties, and you're like, well, how much did they spend versus what was the ROI? Um, I can tell you that almost always flooring, kitchens, um, and um, paint are almost a standard in every property that we do. Like we, we don't just walk into a property, like this is what's very different than arbitrage. You don't just walk into a property and just like throw some furniture in and call it a day, right? We are in many cases like gutting properties, right? Like gutting them and adding a shit ton of value. And that's where our expertise comes in. So we have forced equity on day one. We have great cash flows from day one, right? And we're able to come in, especially in this market and generate a lot more yield than traditional, right? So we kind of have this value add plus cash flow play. So you have equity. That that's the that's yeah, the play. We definitely have equity that. across our portfolio. I mean today we're sitting at about um 30-ish percent equity and you know equity down was probably closer to about 22. So we're getting that additional eight to 10 percent equity on the buy just with the work that we're doing. How how is the the rising doubling tripling interest rates um done it um mess with y'all's uh your thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's definitely How's it affected us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think rising interest rates is affecting anybody. Right. Um, and I think it's affecting every single asset class, whether you're in multifamily, mobile home parks, uh, or STR. I um, mean, I think a way that we're able to kind of combat that a little bit is um, we actually buy down our property management rate. And this is actually something that's very untraditional in syndications. Uh, so like institutional people who are listening to me right now, I know it's very not traditional. So typically in any syndication, there's a property management fee to a property management company, right? And obviously in STR, that number is a lot higher because of the work that goes in versus long-term rents. So instead of charging a 20% uh, or 30% property management fee, which is kind of standard in this industry, we buy down that rate down to as far as zero. So for example, just like you would buy down your mortgage rate from like 6% to 5% by paying points, we do the same exact thing with property management. And what are your two biggest ongoing expenses when you operate a short-term rental? It's your debt carry, right? It's your carrying costs and it's property management. So what we do is we're using interest-only debt, which we have, you know, typically 10 to 40 years of interest-only debt, right? So that definitely helps on a commercial basis. Um, and then we're also getting that PM rate down to as far as zero on an ongoing basis by paying more upfront to the property management company, whether that's ourselves or whether that's a local partner. Right. And that frees up a lot more cash flow. That's a great way to combat rising interest rates in a very untraditional way. Right. And if you do the Excel numbers on this, it's super fascinating. And I'm happy to even also screen share again and like demo that because I know it's very untraditional. But when you see the math, you're like, yeah, I want that return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, screen gotta, share that screen. Hold, share hold that. on. Yeah. Hold on. Cause yeah, we got to, we're still doing a podcast. Hold on. So I, <laughs> I, I do want to uh, ask you a question. Are you using a commercial loan product on these? We are. So typically we're using DSCR, right, on, on every single one of our projects, right? And so um, Sabrina and I will typically, typically sign off on that as a general partner, right? Another big reason why it, an advantage of co-investing with us is you don't have to qualify for any lending or mortgage or anything along those lines. Um, and we're super close, super close to, dare I say, unlocking a portfolio line as low as 3% interest in today's market. Right. And so that would obviously take things to a different level. And that's because of our economies of scale. Right. Mm. Dang. That's, that's, man, that's next level. I love it. I love every better about it. Is, man. Uh, yeah. So, how much you planning on selling this for, Bill? 
Uh, nah, you know, I, th- I think we take a bill tomorrow. I think Sarah, I think, I think, I think Sarah would probably cut me. You'd never I, see me again. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, but you know, I, I think our portfolio today will, will probably have somewhere in, in a 30 to a $50 million exit sometime over the next five years. Uh, we expect our portfolio today sits around 12 million of equity that was raised. Um, we'll probably, you know, wrap up this first, uh, portfolio right around that $20 million number, give or take. Um, and that number should probably sell in the, in the 50 plus million dollar range over the next few years. Yeah. That's crazy, man. But yeah, you can go ahead and share the spreadsheet. But yeah, the <laughs> people are listening, but yeah, sorry, we're doing a lot of spreadsheet sharing. Definitely yeah. want to check out the YouTube version though, because this is next level right here. <laughs> so the, the cool thing with what we're doing in buying down the PM rate. So this is our like nice handy dandy calculator, which I know a lot of people out there sell their Excel models. You know, um, if you want this, just uh, just DM Sarah <laughs> and, and, and let her know. So um, cool. So give, give you guys an idea. Um, industry average is between, um, you know, 20 and 40 percent. So I'm running it at, at 25 percent here. Uh, we typically underwrite that a property is going to cost us 20 percent of the property purchase price uh, to renovate, furnish everything like we do, like really top tier design as well as really top tier amenities like we go all out. Right. We understand that these properties, it's about driving revenue. It's where it's most valuable. Right. And design is one of those places that so many people cheap out on in amenities. And it's the worst place to do that. Right. This is the place to spend money to drive that revenue. So here you have a $400,000 property with about $80,000 on an upfront 25% property management fee. And as you can see here, you're at a 5.86% cash on cash in year one. Right. 15 IRR, nothing to be ashamed of. That's a fantastic return for an individual investor, great tax benefits, et cetera. Now, for us, what we're doing is we're going to buy down this property management rate. Instead of paying 25%, we're going to pay zero. And how do we do that? Right? We're actually going to pay more upfront to the property management company, which is typically about 30% of the property purchase price. Right? So in this case, that's an, that's an additional 120 grand upfront right, to the property manager. Um, so now we're sitting at about 200 G's and you'd be like, see why would you do that? Right. Also, by the way, I should probably preface, we have advantages because we're running a portfolio, right? Like I understand that the mm-hmm. average consumers probably doesn't have a 120 grand up front, right? But we can do that and we can run property management at zero. And all of a sudden look at that return. Now you got a nine cash on cash and a 22 IRR. The reason being is because anything from an underwriting perspective that affects your ongoing expenses, your ongoing carrying costs that affects cash flow, affects your net cash flows and your IRR significantly more than upfront cost, significantly more, right? And this is, people always think about how getting into a a deal the cheapest way possible. We're like, no, we want to spend as much as possible on the front end and as little as possible on ongoing. Right, because this is about cash flow. It's about yield, especially in a hyperinflationary uh, market. And this is how we're able to do that. Small little hack. <laughs> I love that. It's dope. Yeah. Oh man, I love this man. That that's next level. I love it, man. You you found a niche a niche in the market that I don't think. Well, I'm pretty sure a bunch of private equity guys may be there already. But I mean, I love that you 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 you've taken it into your own. You guys have taken it into your own hands, and y'all are killing it. That that's. I don't know. I'm, I'm blown away by where this is probably about to be in about a year. Cause this is next level. Like I love yeah. how y'all did it. You syndicated single family homes across the STR space. That's, that's dope. 
We had a fantastic well, team and I, Sarah, yeah. please, but we, I got to shout out our team. Like there's no chance we can do this without our super host team. And like, I just want to reiterate that this is, you know, what started as a, as a two person operation is now like a 15 person operation. And there's no way it scales without every single one of us. Right. There's no way. Cause what we do is hard, very hard. Yeah. And if you think about, I mean, people in the private equity space as well, it's like, have they gone out there and done this? Right. I mean, you're working with people who have all, done it, who have all spent the time, the sweat equity, like learning how to do this um, on their own. And so to come together and like create something like this is, I don't know that someone in a private equity space has that power on their, on their side. That is really cool. And I, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's, who's big into the, to the stock market game. And I'm like, well, now the stock market's crashing. Where's all the scared money going to go? And it's going to, you know, it, this is a perfect place for it to go. I'm sure you're going to get hit up uh, a lot in these next coming months. Yeah, I mean, we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely see. I think we I think investors have definitely voiced their their want for yield and cash flow. Um, and I think something that people are very much impressed by is how we've taken this this combination of technology, which is proprietary to us, right, and our traction in our in our in our portfolio today. But also, people are very fascinated about um, our team as well, and it continues to grow, right? Our, our most recent advisor that's joined is actually Rob, right? Rob is the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Right. And so, you know, and, and he's got, oh, a, yeah, Rob. yeah, he's got a very large growing channel um, on YouTube where he talks a lot about glamping and tiny homes. We actually just met him up, went and met up with him in Scottsdale where he was standing up his newest Airbnb. Um, <laughs> and our team just has what we like to call key people in key places. Right. And we also look at where we have strengths, right. And that's distribution. You look at uh, Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and um, all these channels that we have some things that we can do that other people can't, you can't buy reach. You can't buy earned media. So for us, another way we're able to operate on a much bigger scale is we can launch a video tomorrow about a property, get 100,000 views on that property where people can go book it, right? Mm -hmm. Your day-to-day -day mom and pop operator cannot do that. They don't have that advantage, right? They don't have the advantage of PM buy down. And that's why we're trying to uh, you know, democratize this, this access point so that anyone, hopefully by the end of this year with us, can actually invest in short-term rentals. Today, it's accredited only, right? Um, but by the end of this year, you know, we're in the process of filing for our regulation A, which anyone hopefully will be able to invest by end of year with us as well. Nice, man. Did, did Rob find his property through you guys? No, no, but Rob, I know Rob has a big, you know, big interest in software in general. Uh, but you know, Rob, Rob is super, uh, great from an operational perspective and his projects absolutely crush it, man. You know, they're, they're beautifully designed. They're operated well. Um, and you know, he's, he's a creative genius in his own way, him and his team. Him and his entire team are fantastic. And we had the pleasure of, you know, finally meeting up with them this past week. So now our listeners, um, you know, a lot of them are newbies and small, you know, smaller time. Uh, they're probably scared shitless right now listening to you, <laughs> someone like you, right? Is there still hope for them to go make a buck in this industry? I would definitely say so. Um, I think everything we do, Sarah, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, I think everything we try to do is about investors first. Every decision we do is investors first, right? Even, even if you like take a look at the financial implications of that uh, PM buy-down, that property management buy-down that we just uh, kind of modeled in Excel, like that's actually not in our best interest. That's in investors' best interest, right? To do that, it drives their cash flows and yield. But I think what we've recognized is that this market is very hard to operate within. And I think it's like, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that are like DIY, DIY, DIY all day. And I think that's fantastic and power, you know, retail investors. But I do think there's a subset of the market that, you know, what is it? What's your why? What's your want? 
And I think what we've learned from talking to a lot of people, it's not about owning a short-term rental. It's about the effects of owning a short-term rental. It's about the time freedom. It's about the passive income. It's about what that allows you to do. Most people, you know, don't wake up one day and they're like, wow, I really want to operate a short-term rental, right? It's really hard. Right. Mm. And so the idea of the freedom that comes with it, and if you can get that same freedom in a different way where you don't carry on the mortgage liability, the operating liability, anything else, and do it in a way that's really cool. And like we haven't even talked about things that are coming up, like being able to stay at all of our properties. But we, we're, a, we're a portfolio that actually has utility. All of our investors starting uh, Q2, sorry, Q3, will be able to stay in our portfolio. Right. Mm. And so it's an investment that pays you back right? Is that, you know, it's not a timeshare and it's actually something that's cool, right? And I think, you know, everyone follows people that they look up to and, you know, Sarah included and Maddie and Skylar on our team and Taylor on Twitter and like all these people, people follow people and we're building a product and a community for people. That's what we're doing at the end of the day. And for us, we're taking them on this journey with us. And those that want to DIY, want to give them the resources to do it. Right. And if they're successful and they're happy doing it, we want to empower that. Yeah. And I think there is, I mean, when you talk about, is there still room for smaller people to succeed here? Um, I mean, we're not looking in every single market, right? Like AirDNA only has data and markets that have quite a few properties. And so like for me personally, and investing in Northern Michigan, kind of off the charts there, there's not a ton of AirDNA data. So when we're spending our money and we're using investor money, we have to be very particular about where we're putting it because we have to make sure it's going to be a good investment and it's going to have a good return. Whereas, you know, some smaller people may take a little bit larger of a risk because they love a specific area and they're willing to go outside of the box and be like, okay, well, I see that there are two or three properties over here that are performing well. And so I know that I can, I can do this here and we're not buying properties there. And so it still, it still absolutely leaves room for them, but it also provides an opportunity for people who do not want to operate it, who don't want to set it up, but still want a piece of the pie. Mm. I like that. <clears throat> I, I brought it up on the show. A lot of, you know, a couple of years ago, most, and I work at a spot, you know, my day job is, is with a lot of, you know, older people, older people that have been there for a while. And a couple of years ago, they didn't even know what Airbnb was, right? And now, you know, they're, they're coming up to me. Hey, I hear you can do this thing where you can rent something and then put some furniture in it and then make like a thousand bucks a month. How, and, and they know I'm the Airbnb guy because, I mean, you know, word gets around that little place. And I'm like, well, it's not it's a little more complicated than that. You used to be able to do that. And oh, yeah, OK, tell me how tell me how I should do it. And then I start talking and, and it sends them into like staring into a blue ocean, right? They, they just, uh, but something like this is like, wow, no, these guys will, you know, they'll get, they'll find a place, perfect place for you. That's going to cash flow this. It's going to make you this much back on your money. You ain't got to do nothing. That's all they want to hear. Most of the older generation that have, you know, saved up a nice chunk of change, they ain't going to go try to start scrubbing floors and try to start messing with prices and start finding the insurance that they need and all that crap. So there is a big need for, uh, for someone like y'all. And that, that, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Sarah concurs. Um, let me see what questions did I have? I had some more questions. Okay. Uh, why is Silicon Silicon Valley so cutthroat? <laughs> It's true. <laughs> All I gotta say is true on that. Is it like the the show Silicon Valley? The, the... You know, I, I think there's cultures out there that are like that. You know, Netflix being the most infamous one, 
um, and it being as cutthroat as can be. You know, Netflix's culture is, you know, you make it or you don't. Uh, mm. And I think other cultures are are not like that as, as it's portrayed in TV. Mm. Um, you know, I have nothing bad to say about Facebook or Meta these days. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a great experience there. And I think a lot of my friends and colleagues when I was there had a great experience at the tech companies they were at. Um, I, I think the, the, the whole idea of it being cutthroat is you're often never the smartest person in the room. Mm. Um, and I think that it becomes a battle of ego versus pride in, in a lot of these you know conference rooms that no one talks about and you have to be able to adapt in real time and play nice and a lot of people tend to put ego and pride above that mm. wow i think that emily and i are one of the only two on the team that do not come from tech <laughs> so this is this is whole new exposure for us <laughs> yeah we, we talk startup life all the time and sarah's like huh <laughs> Dude, like, no idea. one told me this. <laughs> it comes with tequila shots at noon, right? As we learned this past it does. week. <laughs> you know, nice. and, it, and it happens. <laughs> Loosens you up a little. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> so so there's so you got these investors and you, and you got to make them money. There's a lot of pressure. How how do you, how do you um how do you deal with all that pressure? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a big responsibility. And I think this is such an unspoken topic in the syndication space is the pressure and, you know, continuous liability that a general partner carries, right, is you have a lot of debt, you have this big responsibility for someone's life savings, um, or to them, what to them is a huge amount of money, right. And so how do you go and deploy that effectively? And Sarah, you know, can comment on this as well is we we have healthy debates on our team all the time, right? Like one person wants to buy a property or thinks it's a great deal and someone else doesn't. And I mean, we extensively underwrite to make sure we're making the best decisions possible. We move slowly so we can move quickly, if that makes sense, right? Instead of just like throwing money and just like taking, you know, chances, we use data everywhere we can, right? There's a reason we started by building software is the very least we wanted to make data-driven decisions with where we're going to buy and how we operate. We track data diligently, right? In terms of like what we're spending, how we're spending it, where we're going. So um, it, it, it's a huge responsibility, um, but honestly, I'm, I'm proud to carry that responsibility. Right? I think everyone on our team feels that responsibility, um, regardless if it's just me or Sabrina. I think genuinely every single person, whether they're one signing on that dotted line for that loan, understands that we are there to drive as much revenue, as much as productivity, as much cash flow for our investors, because it means a lot to them. You know, a few hundred bucks a month to, you know, an individual or a thousand dollars a month in cash flow is huge, ginormous. It, it unlocks the doors for a lot of things, right? Whether that's a car payment, a mortgage payment, going out to have fun with the kids, whatever it is. And like, that's what cash flow is for. That's what keeps us motivated. Yeah. And can you imagine if we weren't doing our jobs being on social media, the backlash that we would see for that? <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll hit Sarah first. <laughs> She's never received hole. backlash. She's yeah. never received backlash before. <laughs> right? Never. Uh, but I mean, I think also like there is this game that we're playing where all of us being investors previously to doing this, that we're all not risk averse right like we we want to be risky and so it's it's been a game of understanding that we're not playing with our own money anymore we are playing with other people's money and that comes with a larger responsibility and so it requires a slower pace it requires all of us to debate on certain things and and 
there are members on our team who want to be bullish in markets that members on our team don't want to be bullish in markets on. And so it's really, you know, kind of pulling together all of our experience, all of our resources, and that's valuable. You know, we have direct resources in several markets. It's not like we're basing it off of assumptions. We're basing it off of experience and data. And so that makes it a much safer bet than what any of us would be doing individually. <laughs> yeah yeah and I've, I've been taken on tours before and shown different uh potential arbitrages oh yeah this, this should make you a thousand bucks a month no problem really <laughs> you sure because <laughs> <laughs> what's the confidence level looking like <laughs> yeah, yeah oh yeah it's gonna happen don't worry about it just sign um <laughs> i fell well, for that day one <laughs> yeah we have we did um but anyways Man, it's been a great show. I, I, I just wanted, uh, before we, I forget to ask, where, how can people like go to this site and start looking for, for properties to buy from you guys that have that you already have under contract? You already did all the homework. It has all the numbers is what you're going to make. And how, how, what, do, what do they do? What do they, how, do they, how do they do that? Yeah. Um, well, on all of our social media, whether it's Superhost Labs, on literally everything, whether you're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is, you can find Superhost Labs or superhostlabs.com. Um, you can plug in with us there. I mean, there's multiple offerings depending on what you're looking for. Um, and so you can get plugged in and we'll, we'll get you sorted out. Yeah, or, okay, uh, and the, or, my, or my favorite slide into the DMs, like into Sarah's DMs the way I did. Sarah at Superhost Labs and <laughs> Just say, hey, I want a property and I'd love to learn more. It, work, it works yeah. for most. <laughs> eggplant, I literally spend yeah. yeah, half of my day in my DMs just answering questions. So. Deleting eggplants. Um, <laughs> so they just go to, they can go to superhostlabs.com, start shopping and start looking at different ones you got or they, what? They can sign up and, and request to learn more. So we don't open up our platform just like to anybody, right? So we, we get to know you, we get to see if it's a good fit. Um, you know, as we all know, STR supply is not unlimited um, and our goal is not to, you know, sell shit. Um, and so, you know, for our, our goals to, you know, do five, 10 a month or a quarter or whatever it ends up being. And, you know, they're really quality products. Our, our properties, we find them, we design them, we renovate them, we furnish them, we run and operate them. I mean, it's a, it's a nice little uh, systematic factory here that it goes through. And it, it's not just, you know, go on and shop it. You know, that, that's not the idea here. We, we want you to be successful. And, and that, that's why our structure is laid up. It's, it's or, ST you know, yeah. STR in a box. Yeah. <laughs> now, I also own that domain though. So <laughs> oh, I'm pretty nice. sure we own STR in a box.com. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah, we own, we own a little bit of real estate on that space too. <laughs> now, currently, you did say, because you guys are talking about how can someone invest, you do have to be accredited right now? So if it's for our syndication, yes. Right. Okay. If you're looking for your own short-term rental, then no. Right. Okay. You don't obviously have to be accredited to buy your own piece of, a piece of real estate. And we'll connect you with everything, with lending, insurance. I mean, everything is done for you. It's a white glove service. It's a premium experience, right, end to end. Um, and if you are in, interested in investing in the portfolio, but you're not accredited, um, then the time will come hopefully when we get our regulation A license later this year, um, as, you know, slow as the government moves, um, then we'll, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and announce that and, you know, go from there. Man, good luck to you guys. You guys are going to kill it. I love it. I love this whole software. I love that, that, uh, screen share you did. So this is, this is awesome. Yeah. Game changer, game changer. And so, um, <laughs> After this, we all ain't doing nothing. Hop on our clubhouse and, and tell everybody about it. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Superhost Labs, man. Seif and Sarah.
thank y'all for hopping on. It's been a great show and um, we can't wait to see what y'all do in the future, taking over the world. We love it. We love it. Uh, any final thoughts, Micah? That is it. Y'all said y'all where we can, well, people can find y'all and uh, I will definitely be hitting up Superhost Labs. <laughs> we'll look forward to it. Okay. <laughs> thank Thanks you guys. Us, guys. All, right. All right. See y'all later. Out. Bye. Bye. That was episode 205 of your favorite Airbnb VRBO short-term rental podcast. Yeah. That you know, was funny. That was, that was mind-blowing, man. And I tell you, I told you, I, I spoke with him before a while back and, and just, I he, they speak on a different, uh, a, a different level, man. They speak on a different language almost. The, the, the silicon, he just, he gets going. It just gets, gets on this thing, man. But that's how it is. in Silicon Valley, man, it's so fast paced. They're so numbers, 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 you know, what can you show me? They, Hey, you know, put up or shut up kind of deal over there. Right. They, they want, they want to see the proof. They want to see the proof in the pudding. They don't want to hear, ah, I think I can make you some money if I, no, no. What the, give me, give me the numbers. Give me the, the cash on cash return, baby. Facts. That's how you got to be. Cause they, <laughs> that's what I said, man, the short-term rental space about to go in a different direction when real estate investors start getting involved. And if you start to listen to the last 10 episodes of our podcast, that's where the world, that's where this space is going. And you got to be prepared, man. Cause like you, I tell people right now, if you don't know no real estate knowledge, you better start grabbing it because shit like that, who has a shit pot of houses and now is spreading it out, bro, that, that's, that's, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. Don't call killers. Facts. I love it, man. I love that. I was like, dang. They already have a whole proprietary software. But yeah, man, I, that was a really good one. Um, yeah. So Steve, take us out. Anything you want to add? Yeah. Check out Superhost Labs for sure. Check out Sarah Glidewell. Carwell Design, uh, check out Live Let Thrive, which you're on right now. We're uh, we're doing big things too. We're moving because um, we've given so many people million dollar ideas for so long. It's time for us to cash in a little bit. I'm like, yes, sir. Let's get it. <laughs> get it, baby. LLT. All right, we are out. Yeah, follow us on social media. Live Let Thrive. Uh, if you hit um, uh, the Live Let Thrive IG. Go check out our link tree with everything in it. Want to know about episodes, be a guest. Um, I live, let thrive you this coming. Yeah, check out our link tree. And uh, thank y'all for continuing to listen. And we will be back next week with some more heat. We are. Check us out on Clubhouse too. Yes, sir. We are out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.